Welcome to the Maritime Vision Podcast. In each episode, we bring you exclusive interviews with maritime professionals, industry experts, and ambitious students who are making waves in the field. Our guests come from different backgrounds, including shipping, yachting, supply chain, offshore, and more. Our goal is to motivate and empower individuals by giving them the knowledge and resources they need to succeed in the maritime world. Hello everyone, welcome to a new uh, podcast episode. And today in this episode, I'm with Tunch. Uh, welcome Tunch, thank you very much to accept uh, this invitation. Uh, so I think you have a very interesting profile, so that's the reason why I wanted to, to ask you many questions uh, regarding your background, etc. And uh, I would like to ask you the first question. Uh, maybe can you introduce yourself, talk about your background, your experiences, please? Yeah. Hi, Paul. Hi. First of all, thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm Tunch from Iki Marine. Uh, I'm a naval architect uh, working in the region of Netherlands and West Europe uh, in the in the shipbuilding industry. Uh, since 15 years as a consultant and since uh, eight years I have my own company having a group of uh, specialists uh, in the field of naval architecture so we are active in the in the Netherlands mostly uh, helping shipyards and the marine contractors uh, with the engineering of their projects so that's basically it Okay, nice. So why did you choose to work in maritime and why naval architect? Why? Uh, yeah, good question. Actually, I grew up nearby the sea. I was always interested uh, in the in the sea, uh, like doing windsurf, sailing, open water swimming. So, uh, I, yeah, it was all, my life was always uh, nearby the water. So I, when I came to uh, the stage to choose a university studies, uh, I wanted uh, water to be involved in my life. Uh, so that's why I choose naval architecture. And oh. I'm quite happy with the choice so far. Oh, nice. Uh, very interesting. Uh, uh, I mean, like you start very young. So uh, you always worked in maritime or did you do like before, like other kind of jobs? Uh, no, actually, I always worked in the, in the maritime. Uh, after my studies during my studies of course uh, i worked as a waiter in a hotel as a barman and okay. all kind of stuff to uh, to support uh, financially during, during the university years but when i graduated i started a, a, in a small boat yard as an en engineer by then we were building and designing sailing boats racing sailing boats and then i made a big career switch uh, when I came to Netherlands I started at IHC and start working on big steel ships work work working ships so okay. that was a big uh, step but yeah the, the projects I worked uh, it, they were always related to maritime okay so can you maybe talk a little bit about uh, what kind of project did you work on I mean what kind of ships what is your speciality? Uh, actually, uh, we are we started uh, in in Iki Marine as structural specialists. 
So that means that we had, we were lucky to apply our specialty in various uh, projects, uh, from big dredgers uh, to super yachts, sometimes sailing boats. So it was uh, various projects, and it is still the, the same way. Uh, but we mostly work on workships. Uh, meaning with that is yeah dredgers, uh, heavy transport vessels, uh, crane vessels, workboats. So mostly helping the shipbuilders uh, building uh, building workboats. Okay, okay. So it was more you start more in the shipping industry than the yachting industry. You can say. Yeah, 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 yeah. So with the expert uh, expertise in the work. Boats. Uh, we also joined into into uh, super yacht uh, industry, and uh, because when the yachts are getting bigger, uh, the the engineering complexity is is much higher. Mm. Then the engineering teams are much bigger, and they then you need a lot of technical specialists in the design group. So uh, we are those specialists uh, playing the role uh, of yeah uh, naval architects in the group yeah it's very interesting i will uh, ask you later the question of the difference between the both industries uh, because it's very interesting but first i want to ask you more about you know what is the the process of designing a ship that's very interesting i think you are the best position to talk about it yeah it always uh, starts with the requests of the owner uh, whether it's a yacht or uh, it's a commercial ship, uh, the the owner of the ship comes with a uh, with with a design uh, design requirements, and then the uh, the first stage is the concept design, and at that stage a design brief is created by the by the designers of the ship, and then the next step is the basic design we call it. There we prepare the calculations and the drawings required uh, to detail the ship's uh, uh, specifications. So mm -hmm. uh, these are the drawings and ca calculations which are approved by, by class societies. That's a very important step. Everything what we engineer is approved by the, by the class. Uh, and then we go further with the detail engineering process where we uh, where, where we prepare the drawings for the work floor for the for the shipyards so the mm. shipyard can can build the ship so these are very detailed uh, drawings and with those drawings the material uh, can be yes can uh, start to be assembled and the blocks are created, and that's how the shipbuilding uh, proceeds in the shipyard. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I imagine before, like when you want to to build a ship, you have the ship owner or the the customer. Uh, he asks you like many criterias. And is it sometimes like you can't you cannot build the ship because he asks something which is not possible. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the that is uh, that is true. Always, the the owners, of course, uh, they want to have their ships. Uh, if it's a commercial ship, very profitable. Uh, mm. But that has always the 
limits. Uh, it needs to be built uh, according to regulations. Uh, so it needs to be uh, safe. Uh, it, yeah, when the ship uh, is launched, it must uh, survive uh, during all the storms, for mm. example. It must create a nice working environment for the people on board. So uh, we need to take into account all these kind of uh, criterias. And uh, when we start listing those criterias, uh, the, the first design in the mind of the ship owner becomes more realistic. And then this uh, sometimes it is totally something else than what he has in, in mind. So the project doesn't go further. But mm. uh, sometimes it evolves to a stage that it can be really realized. And in that case, uh, the project continues and uh, all the engineering and building stages are executed to build the ship. Okay. And uh, did, did you have, like, for example, uh, you start uh, de uh, designing, uh, make everything uh, to create the ship and you mm -hmm. had to cancel the, concep the conception of the ship because it, it was not possible to continue for any reasons? Uh, yes, actually, uh, the, the operating criteria uh, sometimes limit, limit this because someone comes with an idea uh, to uh, be operate in the inland uh, waters, for example, which is uh, much more calmer than open sea. And then uh, commercially, he realized that uh, operating the ship only inland is not profitable, so the ship must mm. operate also in the open seas. Uh, there was one case like this, that uh, the project was, was cancelled be before the building started, luckily. So the losses were minimal. Uh, we did the engineering and uh, because after you do the first round of engineering, you have an idea about the costs of the project. That's also very important. And then you, you see the costs and you see the profits. Uh, and then mm. you, make, you need to make a decision uh, whether to go on or, or cancel it. Okay, so, interesting. Okay, so uh, now on to switch to uh, another question. Uh, I think it's, it's still in the process of uh, creating a ship. Uh, what is the most important factors you need to take into account? I think you said about uh, safety. I think yeah. it's the most important things when you create a ship. Yeah, sa safety uh, and also the efficiency. Uh, mm. You know, there's uh, uh, energy is, uh, uh, is, is limited, I, I must say although there are alternative energy so sources which we are working on, uh, we still need to be uh, always energy efficient. So okay. the, for us as an engineering office, that is uh, one of the most important criterias uh, to, be, to be energy efficient. Uh, and yeah, actually I can say uh, three things. First, safety and then uh, efficiency and then profitability uh, for the commercial ships. Uh, so, yeah, those are three okay. criteria. Okay. okay, interesting. On the, you know, uh, every year we have more challenges. You know, we have sustainability right now, which is a big, big challenge. And mm. uh, do you see in your, in your job, you, you need to take into account sustainability when you, you process like the, to create a ship is it something very important right now or it still not, doesn't have impact on your job? Actually, we, 
uh, with the sustainability, uh, we try to be uh, really careful and we don't want to make uh, radical changes in the work, uh, in our work principles, let's say. Uh, in the past, it was the same uh, or similar uh, to our approach right now that we always try to uh, design efficient uh, ships, which means that uh, it should consume as less fuel as possible. Mm. And to achieve that, you have uh, some criteria that you need to make syst the systems in the sh ship uh, very efficient and the construction very light. Uh, so, uh, and the... Uh, the, for the users of the ship, for the crew, it must be operatable. Let's say so that okay. that is also part of part of the efficiency. So uh, for for us, efficiency comes uh, comes first, uh, and that leads to a sustainable uh, shipping in our minds. Okay, okay, okay. So uh, I want to ask you one question. Uh, very important, I think, and that's uh, the question you, I think you really like this question uh, about the difference between shipping and yachting. I mean, yeah. is it different when you want to create a yacht than a, a ship on what is in the industry, the difference in terms of, of course, the customer, but I mean, uh, is it more complicated to create a yacht or a ship? Do we have more uh, important factors to take into account? Can you uh, talk a little bit about it, please? Yeah, uh, actually, the projects we work on uh, uh, at Iki Marine are, are usually large large projects which uh, I can say 100 meter plus so we have uh, projects of uh, yeah 100 meter plus work boats and 100 meter plus super yachts uh, in that sense uh, the engineering I would say uh, equally complex at the end uh, a big yacht uh, is no different than a, a, a big ship. So uh, I couldn't say that uh, there, there are big differences in f for us as, as the creators uh, of, the, of, the, of the vessels. Uh, but uh, what I can say definitely is that the, the needs and the requests are, are, are different. Uh, normally, the commercial ships uh, comes where, with a very clear description. Uh, the ship needs to build uh, on, on purpose to serve the purpose of the company who is bu building it. Uh, but for the yachts, uh, the needs can can vary uh, from uh, yeah time to time, uh, depending on the on the trends. So what we see in the yacht building uh, projects is that. Uh, the, the initial uh, request, uh, the initial design description uh, changes during the process uh, of, of the project. Uh, and at the end, sometimes uh, it becomes something else because oh. there is one owner uh, which can define. Uh, and there they see during the yacht owners they see the needs during the, the the process so when the yacht is built the owner visits on board and says oh i didn't like this i would like to change this and then there is an there is no commercial pressure on him so he can do oh, yeah. 
changes. Uh, the time is not an issue most of the time. So, uh, yeah, that's what we experience mostly that the, the process uh, is a bit longer than the commercial ships. Mm, due to the changes. Okay, yeah. it's good to know. Okay, and did you work on this? Uh, I, I made a video about it, you know, converted yacht. You know, you take a commercial vessels and you yeah. try to transform into a, a yacht. Did you work on this kind of, of ships? So far, we didn't have a big uh, refit project like that. Uh, there were some projects we uh, we were involved partly, but we didn't take over a complete refit of a work vessel into a pleasure yacht. Uh, but what we see mostly is that the, the, the supply vessels, uh, you know, nowadays uh, the big super yachts, they also have a supporting vessel next to them. So yeah. the, those vessels, uh, we can call them also yachts because if you look at the interior, it must a bit match with the, with the main yacht. So uh, we 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 involved we were involved with partly with that kind of projects and you see that there is a big benefit uh, to conf convert a, a work vessel into a yacht support vessel because then uh, you can accommodate a lot of cranes on board yeah. and those are used for the for the toys of the of the yacht uh, in this case yes yeah, sailing small sailing boats jet skis and uh, motor boats mm. etc so there is a big advantage to use uh, in that case the the the, the work boats because they have a strong structure where you can accommodate a lot of equipment uh, so and those are used uh, to support uh, the yachts Okay, interesting. I, I, I think in the Netherlands, we have a very famous shipyard who uh, built this kind of uh, yacht. I don't know if it's Amel's shipyard. Amel's oh, shipyard, yeah. Amel's shipyard, I think they build a lot of support vessels. And we have also very something very... Uh, uh, a lot of people want this kind of yacht. This is an explorer yacht. Uh, yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what is an explorer yacht and what is the specificity, I mean, of these special yachts? Yeah, uh, actually, uh, now the trend is to explore uh, new regions in the world. The yacht owners, uh, it, it used to be that the, their main areas were Caribbean and Mediterranean. And now they want to explore also uh, the North Pole. Uh, so the, the, the regions where, which were not accessible before with uh, normal yachts. Uh, and there the need for explorer yachts uh, come into into play explorer yachts usually they have a much stronger hull due to ice class because they can yeah they literally break the ice so uh, in the ice class in the hull you have a strong belt where you can uh, you can break the ice uh, and also on board uh, you have much larger generators mm. uh, in the uh, in the harsh conditions of of uh, the the northern uh, coordinates of the world, uh, there you must get stuck in the ice and you must survive for longer periods. So that's why uh, the provision storages are much bigger, generators are much bigger. Uh, mm. So uh, they are actually in way of needs. They uh, they are no different than any commercial vessel working at that latitude. Only the mm. interiors are much better. They are serving uh, much more luxury to the clients. 
So okay. in that sense, they are no different than the yachts. So there's a for a good explorer yacht, there needs to be a really good mixture of of luxury and uh, uh, functionality at the same time, uh, because okay. there is no the, the the room for errors uh, or or uh, problems on board are much less than uh, mild conditions of of Mediterranean <laughs> or Caribbean. So. Okay, yeah. Okay, it's interesting to know from from your point of view. And uh, in terms of uh, you know, still uh, created a ship. What kind of ship? This is the I think the most complicated one. You need to you know to you have many problems you need to to solve in terms of engineering or else. What kind of ships is very complicated for Navar? Uh, we, we were uh, lastly uh, involved uh, in a in the uh, in a. Yeah, largest cutter dredger project of of the world, which was built uh, here in Krimpen in Rotterdam uh, by IHC Shipyard. Uh, so uh, in that project, uh, it was also LNG propelled uh, propelled uh, vessel, and uh, since due due to its its size, it was a very complicated project. And in that project, we were hired uh, by the engineering office who are designing designing the ship. Uh, so in the design of this vessel, we are talking about periods of three, more than three years with more than wow. 70 engineers. So it was a really big, big project. So we were uh, hired in that project for various uh, finite element calculations uh, mm. for some equipments such as uh, spot legs, uh the 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 uh, the winch foundations the cutter mm -hmm. equipment and so that kind yeah, of you have stuff. a lot of equipments on board and it's like more yeah, work yeah. than a regular vessel okay yeah okay. exactly exactly so and since it was uh, the biggest of the world all the sizes loads were much bigger than the the previous uh largest vessel of the world so there was a yeah. big difference uh, three years the, it's a lot three years yeah it was a long period for yeah. for engineering uh, office to to create that design and uh, for the shipyard getting it uh, realized and now the ship is operational so okay okay so uh, when you build a ship uh, you need to collaborate with uh, many other professions i mean uh, designer uh, i don't know you have so many of them so can you explain uh, what kind of with with who are you working like when you build a ship? Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, as I uh, mentioned before, we join uh, large uh, project teams uh, as as technical specialists. And the first uh, point of contact for us is the the engineering manager or the project manager from the mm. shipyard side. So uh, that is the uh, yeah that person is who who we are reporting. Uh, and in the design process, uh, we are mostly in communication with the ship owners' representatives, the superintendents, uh, also the class uh, so class association, uh, because we send all, all the design and calculations to be approved by the class. So we are in close contact with the cl class, and we are all also in close contact with the production. 
because uh, during the production process, uh, there are some questions uh, which are not, which can be not clear on the drawing. So then the question comes back to the engineering office. So that's why we are in close co coordination with production. We are also mm. in close contact with the procurement because uh, procurement needs to be uh, done uh, way advanced. All the big items on the ships, they need to be ordered uh, way before the project starts. And especially uh, after the Corona times, the delivery times are much, much longer. So that is also a very critical process. And uh, due to these long delivery times, uh, there is no room for, for, for mistakes when you order an engine or a winch or a crane. So it must be the technical specification must be correctly given. So mm -hmm. we are also, uh, we, we need to make sure that it goes, it goes correct. Uh, and besides that, uh, we are also in contact with the captains because uh, mm -hmm. they are the ones who will operate the, the ship. Mostly uh, the captains are involved also build in the building process of, of the ship. And they uh, always provide very useful feedback for the, for the designers. Because they, yeah, their, their experience from the practical side uh, contributes a lot uh, to the to the design process. So uh, yeah, I I, I knew that with yachting. For example, I worked in a yacht management company, and mm -hmm. we, sometimes we we worked on new bilge uh, yachts. And the captain always followed the construction of the yacht. But I didn't know on, on sh with shipping, like uh, you have ship owner and the, the captain. I th I thought the captain always changed. You know. But uh, you, it's, it's possible that sometimes it can follow up uh, the whole process. Yeah, actually, in the big companies where uh, with, with large fleets, you have the, the, the fleet manager, uh, which yeah. uh, most of the time comes from uh, captain background. So uh, with the captain, I mean the fleet manager in the, uh, in the, in the commercial companies. Uh, so who gives the feedback from the operational operational side of the uh, of the things and with the yacht projects indeed as you mentioned it's directly the captain of the yeah. uh, of the yacht who is uh, involved during the whole process of the design and the and the building okay on so you have very close relationship with the project uh, manager i mean the yeah the project manager can you explain a little bit uh, what is the complete difference between your job and his job? Because sometimes some people can think the project manager uh, work on Naval Architect do the same job as you. Yeah. Actually, a uh, project manager is responsible of the whole budget and planning mm. uh, and the execution of the project. Uh, so as uh, engineers, uh, we work uh, mostly on the technical aspects. So okay. uh, under the project manager, there is engineering manager, there is procurement manager, there is planning manager, uh, and then the production. So engineer, uh, the, the project manager is on top and all the other disciplines are linked to it. So engineering okay. is one of, one of these disciplines. And of course, within the engineering, uh, you have the engineering disciplines, which is mechanical structure, 
Oh, okay. And uh, uh, and the naval architecture part. So uh, our contact is directly project project manager. He leads uh, all the projects, uh, also from the financial side. Uh, and he sometimes asks questions: How long does the engineering take? What uh, what is the budget, etc. So mm. uh, he uh, then he can then decide. Uh, uh, how the planning change related to engineering, for example, and how the procurement must be uh, adapted to that, etc., etc. Okay, so, but naval architecture is a, it's a, you know, it's very large domain. So, do you have some specialty like niche, or you, or it's like you do everything? Because yeah, building a yacht is uh, a lot. Uh, me uh, myself, I come from structural engineering background. So okay. I, stu I studied naval architecture, but then started working in the structural calculations uh, and then started Ikimarine uh, as we first act as a structural specialist. But now in the team, we have uh, also mechanical engineers, stability uh, specialists, CFP mm. uh, analyst uh, people. So we can uh, now do as a company, we can do Uh, all aspects of of naval architecture, okay. but yeah, if you ask me personally, I I always done structural engineering in the past, and now I okay. have to manage team of various disciplines. So your company do everything. I mean, because do you, do we have some companies who just specialize on one field in naval architecture, or most of them just do everything on their higher specialized people? Yeah, actually, uh, uh, there are companies uh, specialized in in one. The discipline. Uh, some companies only do structural calculations. Some companies only do CFT calculations, for example. Uh, so, uh, because the projects, uh, the big sh shipbuilding complex projects, are require a lot of engineers. There are teams like 50 to 150 people sometimes, uh, and then. Uh, even with uh, in that teams, there are some small companies helping with uh, some particular su subjects, some particular assignments. Mm. So that's why, uh, and in the Netherlands, uh, there's a variety, there's quite a nice uh, knowledge in the field of naval architecture. Uh, so one of the leading country, countries in the world. So that's why there are a lot of small, mid-sized and large engineering companies in the markets. Okay, so good uh, switch uh, talking about the Netherlands. Uh, how is the market for naval architecture in the Netherlands? Is it a big uh, hub for building ships? I know it's a big hub for yachts, but about ships? Yeah, actually, it's 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 still a big hub. Uh, I can't say that we are building here standard commercial vessels like uh, container vessels, yeah. tankers. It was in the past, but not anymore. Uh, here in Netherlands. Uh, Yeah, we are leading the the world with the complex marine projects like, mm. the, yeah, the best in the dredger design, uh, also heavy lift vessels, heavy yeah. transport vessels, and all the e floating equipment you need uh, in the North Sea, uh, for example, with the wind farm installation wind farm. projects uh, currently, or in the past with the oil and gas projects. So all the equipment can be designed in the Netherlands and which I think uh, the country needs to be proud of. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. That's the reason why I came here to study this maritime. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah, so I want to ask you um, another three other questions uh, about the recent advancements on trends in naval architecture. What is new uh, in 2023 in your job? Uh, what is new? Actually, digitalization, I would say, uh, because uh, shipbuilding always uh, uh, was a handcrafted uh, work. Uh, like in the past, the, the frames of the ship were uh, drawn one-on-one -on, -one on the field of the production floor, and there the frames were bent to, the, to follow the hull lines. Mm. Uh, and to come from that now to digital tools was a uh, was also, was a big transformation but it took m many years but in the last years this uh, digitalization uh, curve goes a bit more rapid uh, with the involvement of art artificial intelligence mm. I think the thing things are uh, changing more rapidly in way of uh, digital design uh and digital tools so uh yeah everything is of course to make the make engineering more efficient uh, to do it more reliable in less time using less sources mm. so that's why the the yeah the new digital tools are 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 helping us uh, a lot okay so uh, this question was not on my list but what um, so you are a naval architect on the owner of a company. So what things uh, should be improved in a naval architect to make it better for the future? Mm, I think uh, I, I would say again, the efficiency, efficiency of the, of the vessels uh, needs to be improved because uh, now with the energy crisis, we are looking at uh, uh, energy sources alternative energy sources but on the other hand we should not forget that even if we get if we have sustainable energy we need to use it efficiently mm. so uh, in that sense uh, we need to find the balance between the uh, over-engineered and under-engineered so there is with a good design you need to oh, optimize yeah. you, you shouldn't design things uh yeah, over-engineered or under-engineered. So to be on the safe side, you we always tend to design things over-engineered, but the balance needs to be fine. And okay. that is only possible with the best optim optimization tools uh, we use at the moment. Okay. Uh, so there, And I see with the large complex maritime projects, there is still a lot of room to improve in way of efficiency and that's uh, what we are working every day on okay okay good to know and uh um, two last questions about uh, so i uh, we already talked a little bit about sustainability but uh, i just want to ask you what we can do on board ships to make it more sustainable uh yeah it doesn't matter if it's a small yacht or yeah small boat or a large commercial. ship Commercial vessels, I mean, like... Commercial uh, vessel, yeah. I think the, the, the behavior sh should be the same to uh, consume as less energy as possible. 
uh, and that we can uh, we can define the processes on board such that uh, the energy total energy consumption is is minimized. Uh, that is that is one thing. Uh, we can use alternative materials. That is also uh, something uh, where we can uh, save a, lo a lot of energy and we can be sustainable in the ship yeah. shipbuilding. Uh, so I think these are the two things I can name for now. Okay. Yeah, that's quite good. <laughs> yeah, because uh, the European uh, Union wants to, in, you know, in 2050, uh, to be completely neutral. So I don't. It's very ambitious. Uh, so I don't know if they will achieve this goal. But uh, yeah, I think we need to. I, I. That's the reason why I created this podcast. You know, to ask every profession in the industry to know what they think about it. Is it something possible? So, what, in your opinion, is it something possible or not? Actually, it requires rapid changes, uh, but in the current environment, to be honest, I don't see that rapid changes happening uh, mm. because uh, the commercial interests always uh, given the, the highest pro uh, priority, yeah. to be honest. So in that sense, I don't see that the, the, the rapid change happening to energy. Yeah. Uh, 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 zero energy. Yeah. I, I I think the same. It's a lot of greenwashing on just to say we are we doing good things, but uh, in the background it's just uh, it's yeah quite yeah. complicated right now to to make. Yeah, it, uh, we we, all, we always believe in the in the smooth transitions. So uh, of course the the trend line of the energy efficiency should be increased. But it mm. must be smooth. So if we uh, make a rapid change today, uh, we should be able to continue it in the, in the coming uh, coming years. So that's why we believe that the changes must be very structured so that they can survive. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Uh, so I want to ask you uh, the last question uh, because we have many, uh, you know, young people, students who, who listen my episodes. And I want to ask you, what advice uh, would you give to someone who wants to make the same job as you or just someone working in the industry? Uh, my advice to the students in the technical schools would be that they should be prepared to continue uh, working like in the school. You know, uh, most of yeah. the people think that after graduating, I will start directly managing companies, blah, blah, but... In engineering, it's not like that. Uh, the 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 first years in the in the business after graduation is just a continuation of the of the academic projects, uh, kind of technical calculations uh, in the school. So you need to prepare and patient uh, to be patient uh, to do that. Uh, after that, you can you can manage things or you can continue if you enjoy doing engineering but uh in the engineering uh i think yeah the students need to be prepared to do a lot of calculations to spend a lot of time yeah. with trial and errors uh, and creating things so uh that's in nowadays world uh people expect very uh very quick results 
but uh, now we should we should be uh, more pay we should have more patience on that, and and just keep working hard. Yeah, it's good to know because I think uh, we will have a big shortage in for naval architect in the future because it's quite complicated now to people wants to make a, the maritime industry is not very good. We don't have big representation in the world. And uh, I'm very scared of the lack of uh, new talent, new new naval architect, but it can be CIFA or other kind of jobs in the industry. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, there is unfortunately a shortage in the technical people. Uh, yeah. So uh, I think our job is to make it more attractive uh, to the to the next generations uh, because creating things. Uh, digitally on your screen and then seeing them getting realized uh, is, is, a, is a really nice feeling. That is our motivation uh, in, the, in the office always. So we need to be able to explain it to the next generations in the best way possible. Yeah, good. It's a very good word. And do you, have, do you want to add something uh, like word of, uh, of the end? If you have uh, something... No, thanks for having me, Paul. Uh, your, your podcast is very interesting. Uh, I you. think it is one of the uh, tools I just mentioned to make uh, our profession uh, interesting to the students, to the young generation. So thanks for doing it. Uh, and And keep up the good work. Yeah, thank you, uh, Tunch. You bring so many value in this podcast. Uh, and uh, I'm I'm completely sure people will like this episode. Uh, I I um, just want to say uh, I wish you all the best in your future and your profession. Uh, you're doing a very good job, so thank you, and have a very good day. Thank you. Adieu. Have a good day. Bye bye. Thank you for listening this episode, and we look forward to sharing more inspiring stories from the maritime industry with you. Don't hesitate to subscribe to the YouTube channel and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Your support means a lot to us, and it greatly helps in our continuous growth. We committed to bringing you more exciting episodes with passionate guests. <laughs>